You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, and um, I'm going to read a number of scriptures uh, this morning, but I want want you to see kind of the the story that's being shared, and so when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of uh, of, uh, the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. And when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord peereth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother. Go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. I read to you a lengthy passage this morning, um, but I wanted you to see in this passage is the process of the journey of Jesus' life as a young child. And I want to speak to you this morning about the journey of life, the journey of life. Just before I go into my message today, I um, want to introduce to you someone uh, that uh, we've been waiting on for quite some time. And uh, as a church, we've been waiting on her, but I think someone else has been waiting on her um, more diligently than us. But uh, Donnie, maybe you could bring your wife up here and uh, let the whole church get to see her. <laughs> So we want to introduce to you Sherry, and uh, we've heard 
lots about Sherry, and we had lots of info that we could have shared with Sherry, um, but we waited until she arrived. So we're so glad that Sherry has arrived from the Philippines. This is Donnie's wife, and, um, and uh, so we welcome you, Sherry, to the house of the Lord, and we welcome you to the Mission Point, and I know Donnie... Donnie's excited to have her here, I'm sure. He's, yeah. Uh, amen. I had shared with him on Thursday when she was arriving that my wife and I would meet her at the airport and pick her up, but he decided he would do that. <clears throat> amen. God bless him. We're so glad, amen, that Sherry has arrived. Amen. I guess that would fit right into my topic, the journey of life. And um, the journey of life can take us in many directions. And everyone's journey is different. Everyone's journey is different. Some people grow up in the country. That was me. Some people grow up in the city. Some remain in the same location all their life. Some move multiple times. Do you know that the average amount of times that people move in their lifetime is 11.7? 11.7 times people move in their lifetime. That's the average. Military families move every few years. <clears throat> Law enforcement individuals can end up moving often. Farmers may stay in the same location their whole life. The average amount of jobs that people have in their lifetime is 12. People change jobs 12 times average in their lifetime. Some people have children and some don't. Some have grandchildren, some don't. Some people have pets who are like children. Some people like to travel and others like to stay home. The journey of life takes us down many different roads. Some people like to travel the quickest way on the highway. And some people like to travel the back roads so they get to see the scenery. Some people like to travel the same way every time. And some like the adventure of finding a new way. My wife can tell you that. She said, She'll say, have you ever been on this road before? I said, no. But I can just tell by instinct that it's going in the way I'm going. And I don't know where it's going to come out, but it's going to come out somewhere closer to where we're going than when where we are. Some like the adventure of finding that new way. Some people like to go as far as they can on a tank of gas. They want to see it right down to 20 kilometers left. Or <clears throat> Some people like to fill up when the tank's half empty, just in case there's no other stop. See, some will go to the street where Costco is to travel down to Rossi Avenue. And some will cut across at Home Depot. Because it's a shortcut. Which way do you think I go? 
See, we all have different journeys in life. We all do different things different ways. But we're all on a journey called life. See, what I'm saying this morning is your journey may be different than mine, but you're on a journey. Some people were brought up in church. And some people, they're first generation Pentecost. Some people come in here and sit in the same seat every time. I hope you never go somewhere else or leave because someone's sitting in your seat. That would be a mistake. And others move around just to see if pastor can find out whether they're there or not. Some come early. No one earlier than Joseph and Marlene. And some come late. I won't mention who you are. But I will say everyone should come to the teaching class if you want to grow. So if you're missing out on the teaching class, you should be here at 10. Because we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey, and that journey is a journey called life. See, Jesus had his own journey. He was born of a virgin, born in a stable, born to a carpenter. Had amazing gender reveal in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. I mean, no one's ever had this gender reveal ever before. An angel brings the news that it's going to be a boy. I mean, if you have that happen at your gender reveal, that will gather a crowd. The angel states that his name will be called Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. You talk about, uh, you talk about a party. It's going to be a boy, and his name is going to be Jesus. And the first guests to visit Jesus were probably the wise men. And these wise men were Gentile magi, men who served in officially priestly guilds in the kingdoms of the ancient Near East. And as philosophers and theologians and natural scientists, one responsibility they were tasked with was that included interpreting astrology signs and and, and the birth and the death of a king were often believed to be accompanied by some auspicious sign in the heavens, typically the appearance of a star or a comet. And Matthew's gospel reveals that these Gentiles were among the first worshipers of Jesus and it was prophesied by Isaiah that this was going to happen. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Verse 5. Then you shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. And the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. And, and the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba will come. They shall bring gold and incense. And, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. Isaiah prophesied that it was going to happen. This incredible demonstration of gifts that would be brought to Jesus on this incredible journey. 
It all happened during the time of, of Herod the king. And despite Herod the Great, his brilliant and ambitious building projects, he had a very, very dark side. He always feared potential rivals. He had his wife's brother, Aristobulus, the high priest, drowned in the swimming pool in his palace. He put to death 46 members of the Sanhedrin. He killed his mother-in-law. He also had his wife, Miriam, murdered along with two of their sons as he considered them potential rivals with a legitimate claim to the throne because of their lineage. Herod had ten wives in all and many other children who did not have uh, Hasmonean blood. And Augustus Caesar is reported to have said, it is better to be Herod's dog than one of his children. And when placed in this context, the incident of Matthew chapter 2 doesn't seem to be out of character. But this is the time period that Jesus is being born in and the journey of life that he's taking on. We don't know how many children were living in Bethlehem during the time of Jesus' birth. There's many different reports of the possibilities, but I'll just I'll go with the lowest one just in case. Statistics tell us that there was probably about a thousand people who lived there and, and the, the birth rate, according to Craig Keener, who is, who is a theologian, he, he, he puts it out that according to that, there would probably be some, somewhere around 20, 20 children, 20 boys under the age of two. And somewhere in this story, it doesn't matter if it's one boy or 20 or 2,000, it doesn't matter, one child is too many that's being killed because of Herod the Great. And this is the journey that Jesus comes to this earth in. And it's called the journey of life. And Jesus' life took him through multiple locations in his early years. Uh, the verses that I read to you tell us about how he was born in Bethlehem as they were going to do the census and that's taking place. And, and as they're doing the, the census uh, that Mary comes to the time of giving birth and that happens in a place called Bethlehem. And he's given direction in the verses to go to Egypt and then from Egypt to Israel to Galilee and to Nazareth. This is a journey that Jesus is on through his early years that sometimes we don't put a lot of focus on, but it was the journey called life. When you look at Bethlehem, it simply means the house of bread. The name of two cities in the Bible, but it's the birthplace of Jesus Christ. And Bethlehem was situated about eight uh, kilometers, five miles from Jerusalem. And it's in the district known as Ephrathath, which is, you see that in Micah chapter 5. And it was really known for his fertile ground and, 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 and the growth that could happen in this land. This, this Bethlehem house of bread was, was a popular little spot. Not a lot of people maybe lived there, but it was well known. And we hear about Egypt, which signifies the two lands or the two straits, the country in the northeast country of Africa, corner of Africa that extended from the Mediterranean Sea 
uh, to the north, and it was uh, about 880 kilometers uh, uh, on the, up the Nile River. Israelites spent 430 years here uh, during the time of Joseph, and Moses uh, brought them out. Uh, the Egyptians called this country the two lands because of the upper and lower Egypt, the black land, uh, and then uh, also the desert. We hear about Israel, and the Israel, the name simply means prince with God. This name was given to Jacob uh, after his great struggle with God at Peniel near the, the brook Jabbok. And, and that name Israel has been interpreted by different scholars as prince uh, with God or strives with God or let God rule or God strives, but mostly known with prince with God. And this name's later given to the Hebrew people and the 12 tribes of Israel or the children of Israel, the house of Israel, as it's clearly defined. These are all part, let me tell you, none of those are insignificant about the journey of Jesus' life. And then he's told to go to Galilee, which means the circle a Roman province of Palestine during the time of Jesus, measuring about 80 kilometers wide from the uh, north to the south, I mean uh, high, and then 58 kilometers east to west, the width. This Galilee was the, one of the three provinces of Palestine, which was Galilee, Samaria, and Judea. And so you have this land that Jesus is told to, and then he ends up finally in Nazareth, which means watchtower. A tower or a town of lower Galilee, which Jesus spent his boy, boyhood years in. And, and for centuries, Nazareth had been a beautifully secluded town, nestled kind of in the hills of the Lebanon mountain range. And, and it's uh, situated to, in a territory belonging to Zebulun. You, you, you don't hear nothing about it in the Old Testament, but uh, in the New Testament, that's where Jesus ends up in Nazareth. It means watchtower. So you see this journey of Jesus' life through the house of bread, the two lands, the prince with God, the circle, the watchtower. Do you kind of get the impression that it's kind of all over the map? It's kind of like the song of Lion King from 1994. The song was known as the circle of life. If I could sing, I'd sing it to you, but it's well known for its South African composer, Lebo, which is Ammon, which is in Zulu, and it's sung later by Elton John in the London Community Gospel Choir. And the words go, it's the circle of life, and it moves us all through despair and hope, through faith and love, till we find our place on the path unwinding in the circle, the circle of life. Now, I'm not putting you out that that's some spiritual gospel song. Just, I'm just telling you that's kind of what life is made up like. And that was kind of the theme of, of how everything comes around and goes around. And, and you see that through the life of Jesus and and could it have been that he was born in one place and grew up there and everything was fine and everyone was going to be nice to him? And Yes, it could have been. But that's really not life, is it? <laughs> it's really not what life is. That's some, you know, that's some uh, off land that, ever, that someone else lives in besides you. Your circle of life 
has taken you on many journeys. Sometimes it's down roads that you never expected. Sometimes it's through paths that you never seen coming. And sometimes around the corner, uh, it's, it's the trauma and the tragedy that you were not planned for. But it's called life. The journey of life. And here Jesus is showing us that, yes, he's born in the house of bread. Oh, what a place to be born in. Man, I get onto this topic and it just stops me in my tracks. Bread. I love to hear when Brother Clark tells me he's getting down to the last loaf of bread because I know he's going to be making some. And all of a sudden, a roll's going to show up, and I've got my molasses and peanut butter ready. There's always molasses and peanut butter in the house ready for fresh bread. They're getting that, eh? House of bread, what a place to be born in. What a place to live. That's just where I want to stay, right there. But the problem is, there's a king that wants to kill him. There's life that wants to bring him harm. There's life that says, no, no, you're not going to have it easy. There's life that says, it's not going to be smooth all the time. You're going to... This, we're talking about the King of Kings. We're talking about the Savior. We're talking about God Almighty that's got to run for His life. He's warned. Joseph is, uh, you've got to go to Egypt. Uh, Egypt, that's the last place we want to go. We don't want to go to Egypt. That's two lands. Uh, that's, that's not where God's people dwells. That's well, let me tell you, I'm going to take care of you. There's going to be wise men show up, and they're going to bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You're not going to have to worry about what's going to take care of you while you're there. I'm going to supply for you before you even go. They had no job there. They had no career there. They didn't have family there. They, they were supplied. God's hand was involved. And, and wise men show up with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Everything that would be needed to supply them for the length of time that they were in a land that was not theirs. Hmm. Let me tell you, church, it hasn't changed. Yes, we want to live in, in, in a bed of roses. We want it to smell like coffee all day. But it doesn't work that way. Life is not always that way. There's going to be Egypt. But let me tell you, when he sends you to Egypt, he will provide everything you need. You don't go to Egypt alone. You don't go to Egypt un unready. He makes sure that your journey called life is going to be taken care of. He's got you. He's covered you. He's claimed you. He's bought you. You're His. The journey called life, amen, is going to come to every one of us. Put your hand in the hand of the Master and He'll take care of you. Pastor, I can't figure it out. Join the club. All kinds of people can't figure it out. If you can figure it out, it's probably not God. There's times when you're not going to know, but he'll be there to see you through. 
We could ask everybody sitting here. If you could have written down what your life was going to be like. There would be lots of things that have happened that you would have never imagined. Ever. And yet God gives us the prime example through his journey. That everything's not going to be perfect. But it's going to be okay. Everything is not going to look like everything is in order. But it's going to be okay. It's not always going to be what you expected. But it's going to be okay. I don't know who it is that's here this morning. I'm just here to let you know, no matter what your journey has been, no matter what your life has produced, no matter the pathways that you have taken that you did not imagine would happen, I can't tell you uh, uh, the answers to all that. All I can show you is that Jesus himself had a journey. Amen. And that journey gives us an example uh, that when he starts something in your life uh, and when he finishes it, it may not be everything we expected in between, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You put your faith and trust in him, he'll see you through. You put your hand in his hand and he'll walk with you. Amen. You reach out to him and he'll answer you. He will get you all the way to where you're supposed to be going. Yeah. Egypt, two lands. Oh, just hold on. It's only going to be for a period of time. And then I'm going to bring you to Prince with God. When you go all the way back to how that came to be, Jacob is wrestling with an angel. His name meant deceiver and supplanter. And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And the angel said, your name will no longer be called Jacob. But your name will be called Israel. And Israel means Prince with God. You have prevailed with God. You have overcome Egypt. And now you're in the hand of God. Listen, you look at the life of Jacob and you see all the mess of his life. Story after story in his life. It's a mess. He's deceiving dad. He's lying to dad. and He's stealing from his brother. I mean, it's continual. And yet he finds himself in a place where he's wrestling. And in that moment, God said, your name will no longer be Jacob. But it will be Prince with God. And Jesus is directed through his journey of life to Prince with God. It's like a circle. It's like a merry-go-round. You ever feel like you're on a merry-go-round and can't get off? Are you one of those people that get dizzy if you go around in circles too long? He ends up in Galilee. That's exactly what it means, circle. 
I mean, his life is going around in circles. I can guarantee you that in this room this morning, there's people that feel like that's exactly you today. The harder I work, the more it seems like I'm going in circles. You hear the phrase, one step forward, two steps back. Do you feel like that happens sometimes? It's called life. God's not punishing you. He's not, he's not saying, you know what, this is, I, I, don't, I got it out for you. That's not what he's doing. It's called life. He gives us the example of it in his home journey. You go around and around and you're praying about the same things and nothing's happening and you're expecting change and it seems like it's getting worse. Ever happened? Yeah, it's called life. In the old song, the line says, it's the darkest just before the dawn. Hold on. Because watchtower's coming into play. It's been prophesied that he's going to be called a Nazarene. And, and all of a sudden, uh, he ends up in Nazareth. A carpenter's son. Watchtower. He gives us this incredible journey of life to show us that it's going to start out good. And it's going to go through tough times. And there's going to be good times. And there's going to be tough times. And, but you're going to make it to the end. And all of a sudden, Jesus grows up. And he's calling his disciples. He calls Peter, James, and John. And he gets to Nathaniel. And Nathaniel finds out he's from Nazareth. And the question is asked. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's the question. This is, this is the journey of God's life. Anything good come out of Nazareth? I'll show you, Nathaniel. I'm going to call you to be fishers of men. And all of a sudden, he gets to be part of that group, and he gets to walk with Jesus for the next three and a half years, and he watches the life of Jesus and the, the miraculous take place. And, and all of a sudden, he's preparing to go to Calvary to die for the sins of mankind. Nathaniel gets to see, oh, yeah, there's something powerful that can happen through the journey of life that happens in people's lives. And sitting in this room this morning... There may be some that's wondering, man, I'm on the merry-go-round of life. I can't get off. I'm going in circles. It seems like it's up one day, down the next. It seems like I'm doing good one week, and I'm struggling the next. It's called life. But let me tell you, there's something good that can come out of your life. He's got purpose. He's got a plan. He's got something in store for you. Just hold on. Hallelujah. There may be all the, 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 the naysayers. Can anything good come out of Brother Robertson's life? Can anything good come out of Evan's life? Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. It's a journey called life. And God's got them on it. And something powerful is going to happen. Everybody in this room is on a journey. You're preparing already, I know. I'm in preparations. What am I going to change in 2024?
most famous is weight loss. Going to cut back on the sweets. Yeah, good luck. No. I'm not going to eat at night. Good luck. See, I, I've got all my own thoughts. Yeah. My wife says to me, you're not hungry. Just go to bed. What do you mean I'm not hungry? Of course I'm hungry. You got all these things you're going to change. You, you got questions. Can anything good come out of your life in 2024? And I'm here to tell you, he's got you on the perfect journey. The journey called life. You, it might be hard to see. It might be hard to, to understand exactly what's happening. Music come. It may be hard to visualize what he's doing right now. But let me tell you, let your faith arise. Let your faith be increased. Amen. For 2024, let your faith arise that he's got you on a journey called life. And he's expecting to do something powerful through your life. There will be people that won't be happy about it. Herod wasn't happy about Jesus, his journey either. He wasn't. But the supplying and the taking care of the journey was, was all planned and in store. Prophesied. Warned about through Old Testament scripture that he would prevail and be preserved. Well, what's so awesome is the scripture also says something similar about your life. He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of his appearing. What that means is when he starts you on a journey, he expects you to finish the journey. Oh, it's not the one who runs the swiftest, but it is the one who endures to the end. He's got you right in his hand this morning. You say, well, I, Pastor, I, I can't see the positives of what's taking place. You're on a journey called life. You put yourself in submission to God, and he will bring you through all the way. How's that going to happen, Pastor? I don't know how it's going to happen. I couldn't tell you exactly how it's going to take place. I just know the end. The end is He will get you through. This too shall pass. He will allow you to overcome the world that you're in because He has overcome the world. You're on the journey of life. God, you know exactly why you put into my spirit this morning that someone was going to be here in this service this morning, God, that was dealing with the thoughts of their journey, the struggles of their journey, the difficulties that their journey has been causing. And they needed to be reminded this morning, God, that you went through similar struggles you went through similar ideal I, I, problems God and 
You went through certain circumstances that we wouldn't want to be involved in either. Someone seeking to kill us. Going into a foreign land. But God, you did it as an example to each and every one of us that this journey called life, that we can make it. You became humanity so we could understand that what you go through is what we go through. You showed us that you can do it and overcome and be victorious. You gave us the example, God, that that each and every one of us that sit here today, that we can be victorious as well. And so I know, God, that you put into my spirit that there's people that are desiring direction and there's people that are desiring for you to give God some impartation of understanding and knowledge. And and God, I pray you let them be reassured this morning, God, that you've got them. You've got them covered. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's part of the Christmas story. But it's part of our everyday life. As you stand this morning. No one knows your life like you do. No one walks in your shoes other than you. No one else understands fully what you're facing each and every day except for you. But I'm here to share with you this morning that Jesus was on this journey called life as well. And he accomplished everything he came to do. His last words were, it is finished. It is finished. That wasn't that he had given up or he had been conquered or life was over. No, those words, it is finished, meant that he had accomplished everything he came to do. So let those words ring loud and clear in your life today. God, what you started, you're going to finish. What you started in my life, you're going to accomplish. God, what you have prophesied, you're going to bring to fruition. God, what you desire for my life, that's what's going to come to pass. I'm looking for individuals this morning that are on a journey called life. And maybe, just maybe, some of it's been a struggle. And it's hard to see. It's hard to see the brightness. The shining of a turn in your situation. It's hard to see the circumstances changing. And God's letting you know today, He's got you. He's got you. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.